Well, everything's getting shut down nowadays. There's no fun to be had. But you know who we can always count on? Old Vince McMahon. Because we got WrestleMania this past weekend, but we're not talking that. That'll be for Monday. We're going to celebrate this crowning achievement by talking up a good old-fashioned wrestling movie. And why not start with the one that everyone knows, the 2008 The Wrestler. Got everyone talking about it when it came out, but how was it aged? Is it as good as it was back then? We'll find out on a very ram-dram edition of the Review Review. Hey, welcome to the Review Review, everybody. Of course, I am George the Max Extreme. You want your fucking cheese lady? <laughs> yes! And we are being remotely joined by the one, the only, Coach Havens. He's joining us on this wrestle extravaganza. Uh, Coach Havens, how are you doing? You know what? I am doing great. I got my Corona in hand watching uh, Classic WrestleMania 7. Ready to talk, boys. <laughs> Very good. Uh, how How is how's that Corona treating you? <laughs> Just be Dude, I feel like I'm in the islands. <laughs> Very apt. Uh, I really don't have, do. Don't, don't have any respiratory problems right now? <laughs> don't, have, don't have any what? You don't have any respiratory problems right now? No, I'm feeling great. Uh, nothing's hit me yet. Um, <laughs> I am uh, corona through the bloodstream right now, which uh, takes away the chances of getting the coronavirus. People don't know that, but I do. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Can't wait for that to spread on the internet as like an actual thing. I'm surprised that. Hasn't yeah, yeah. Yet. Trump's gonna start saying it. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh shit! Just keep just drink Corona. You'll get rid of Corona. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, so hey, fellas, before we get into the wrestler uh, from 2008, why don't we get into a little bit of the the news of the week? There's. Not a whole lot, but I'll tell you what did start this week. Quibi. Quibi hit the streaming world like a soft whisper. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I don't... I've been watching Quibi nonstop. What are you talking about? I love what those 10-minute episodes. <laughs> well, if only uh, Rita could have... Oh, Ramundo Cha herself could have uh, Skyped in here. Uh, and told you what Quibi is, but I'll I'll try to take the floor. It's a new streaming platform <laughs> that all of its content is ten minutes or less. So it uh, it's only really good for mobile devices. Really, that's the only thing that they're trying to push it forwards because everyone watches shit on their phones. So since Quibi started, it actually has like quite a, a lot of like famous people behind it. It's weird. It's got like Christy Teigen and uh, like Chance the Rapper and like a bunch of like high profile people like to try to push this thing. And if if you've seen any commercials for it, they're already just abysmally annoying. And so I just have a few things to say about it. Uh, I have not watched it at all, uh, but these are some <laughs> downfalls that people who have been watching it say: is that 
it can only be watched on a phone. There's no other way to watch it yet. So, like, if you wanted to sit down and, like, watch Christy Teigen's courtroom show, you have to do it on your phone. There's no... You don't have any option. So, that kind of sucks. What a perfect thing to come out while people are stuck in their house with a full-fledged TV that they can watch. <laughs> no shit. Um, also, it already has allegations of possible stolen content. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like straight up garbage already. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, all of the ads, which I just talked about before, uh, that are insufferable, are trying to make a quibby like a pop term, so it makes it even more annoying. Uh, that's just the advertising oh, in no, general. Those fucking commercials they put of quibby up all the time, where it's like, "Hey, this will be done in about a quibby." <laughs> Shut up. Stop trying to make that a thing, you <laughs> fucking idiot. Yep, that's what I'm talking about. Um, now, this is... I'm in quarantine, and I've heard nothing about this. <laughs> I don't know what this is. I am so clueless to any of this, and listening to you guys talk about it makes me hate it even more than I don't even know about it. <laughs> well, that's good. You've been, you've been... I hate this more than I know about it. <laughs> I hate Quibi. <laughs> My, my hatred for this trumps my knowledge of it. Uh, no, no, this isn't a deal breaker for me, but some people thought it was very upsetting that you can't screenshot Quibi. So if you wanted to make like gifts of something funny on there, you can't. And that's not like a huge deal breaker because on other streaming platforms, I've tried to take screenshots of stuff and it doesn't let you probably for copyright reasons. Um, and another oh Netflix let me I know Netflix has had let me screenshot things that's how that's how I got the picture of that friggin Asian guy from Six Underground because <laughs> I couldn't find it I couldn't find it online and I just wanted a picture of him the guy that fucking wears the Britney bitch shirt yeah <laughs> well I know <laughs> Amazon Prime streaming does not let you do it because I've tried to. I tried to take a um, a gif of Midsummer when I, the guy jumping off the cliff, <laughs> and I couldn't do it. <laughs> um, uh, much of this content, a lot of people ask of like, why didn't, why can't this just go to YouTube? Like, it doesn't make any sense because YouTube is already free, and Quibi costs four ninety nine a month or eight dollars a month if you want no ads. Which I'm like, in a 10... Oh my god. If you want to... How do you have ads during 10 minute episodes? <laughs> Every two minutes there's an ad? I have no idea. And then also... This sounds awful. <laughs> there's... <laughs> <laughs> With it be, I don't know if it jumped the gun and did it while there's a quarantine in place, but uh, there's also not a whole lot of content on there. So that doesn't really surprise me so much. Uh, but you would think if it's a whole big streaming platform, you'd want something of substance on there, but there isn't. So apparently you can watch almost everything in a day <laughs> that's on the platform now. I have no idea. But, uh... Oh, God, it's amazing. Yeah. So that's all about Quibi. That's what I learned earlier today. So if you want to check it out, uh, they are offering a free trial for like 30 days or whatever, but if you want it, you do it the 29 days after you've washed everything. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, shit. <laughs> That's a good point. Don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I washed everything. What am I going to do for 29 days? 
Uh, moving on. Did you guys hear about Ezra Miller choking out a fan? <laughs> what? Hey, <laughs> what? I, I now I didn't look into the story a lot, but I I did see the video of it where a, a girl fan came up to him and it looks like she was like a girl. Yeah, was trying to like like fake fight him, but she was still like four or five feet away. And like he approached her and just like put her put his hands around her throat and put her to the ground. And then so the, the guy that was filming was like, "Don't, don't, don't, don't!" <laughs> and then the, oh the video cuts. I have sounds. I have sounds no, like there was a lesson to be taught. Yeah, I, apparently. <laughs> I have no idea what preempted this. Maybe she deserved it. We don't know, <laughs> but I uh, there's video evidence. It's out funny because I saw a thing. I saw a thing where like they said that uh, Warner Brothers is looking to replace Ezra Miller as the Flash, and I was like, oh, they he must they must have like not be able to come to terms on something, and now it's like, oh no, this makes more sense now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't just that the Flash script has gone through 700 rewrites and nine different directors, but uh, Ezra Miller also choked out a fan <laughs> on the street. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so check that out. There's, there's footage of it. Uh, watch it before you go to bed. Make you feel good. Uh, apparently, Can I watch it on Quibi? Should, <laughs> Quibi should buy it and turn it into a Quibi. <laughs> <laughs> Ezra Miller chokes out fan. Watch the Quibi. <laughs> I would buy Quibi just for that. It was stolen content. <laughs> it's, it's stolen content. I'd watch that for 30 days. It was only originally on World Star Hip Hop, and now it's on Quibi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys, were you a fan of Doogie Howser, MD? Uh, I don't think I was old enough. Like, I remember my parents watching a little bit, but I think I was still too little to, like, give a shit. No, I never watched the Duke. I was aware of it. Like, I've seen a few episodes, but I guess we're in luck, because a reboot is planned, I guess, with good old NPH's seal of approval, and it's coming to some streaming in the near future. So you get to see a kid doctor, which I think is already a show on TV. What's that one called? <laughs> JT, we did it once during our oh, pilot season. Oh, the good doctor? Yeah, the or good he's doctor. Like, isn't yeah. he like autistic or something? Yeah, he's like a kid autistic surgeon or something like that. Where yeah, the you, good doctor. He gives a guy a tracheotomy in an airport or whatever it was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like glass goes into a kid's throat. <laughs> it's insane. So yeah, watch uh, watch maybe a funnier version of it. I, was Dookie Hauser funny? Why am I asking? You guys don't know. I thought it was funny because he's a kid, but maybe it's a full-on drama. I have no idea. Well, oh, I think it was a full-on drama. drama. There's, yeah, full-on drama. It was full-on drama. <laughs> full-on drama. Yeah, it's full-on. It it's slippery full-on drama. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Flan, Flan Drama. <laughs> Almost custard-like, in fact. <laughs> uh, Rob Pattinson has come out and said that the new Batman that he's going to be playing, hashtag our Pats is our bats. It's <laughs> of course. Uh, our Pats is our bats. It uh, 
he's not going to be a fully formed Batman yet, so he's going to be early on in his career, which many people have speculated already. But uh, I am kind of disappointed in that a little bit because the Dark Knight trilogy kind of did that already. You know what I mean? And we're just coming off that. I mean, just coming off that was like a decade ago. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, the Ben Affleck one was cool, but it wasn't really... Like, it was like an, a Batman in his older years. They, they never hit like a one like in their stride. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's just do that. Yeah, like, I want a Batman in his prime. Yeah. Right when he's right when he's really making a name for himself. Yeah, not when he's over. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. So, uh, but, I mean... I... Would like it only if he sparkles. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no Twilight fans on here? No? Okay. I uh, can't say that I am. can't say that I'm a huge Twilight fan. Sorry to say. Well, Cole, if you're a fan of Twilight, it's currently as one of the semi-finalists in our Review Review Turn Random Movies. Ooh, you know what? I've watched all the Twilights because my wife's a huge fan, or was a huge fan, so I could be in on that. <laughs> Was she had a falling out with Twilight? Well, just haven't watched him in a long time. We got into more of the uh, let's see, True Blood, like those type of vampires. Oh, oh, her her yeah. vampire tastes have matured over time. <laughs> yeah, full on, full on, like hardcore sex now. Vampire. <laughs> you guys are going down a slippery slide now, and I'm gonna be watching vampire porn. <laughs> We're going down a flan slide, in fact. All right. A flan slide? Because <laughs> it's slippery, you know? Like flan. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I, why is that the one thing that's slippery? The first thing that comes to our mind is flan. Is slippery. Because when we made it in Spanish class in high school, I remember sitting it on the paper plate, and I could barely put a fork into it because it slid all over the paper plate. <laughs> <laughs> and you've held on to that memory to this day. I'm glad you did. This is oh. something that bothers me to this day 20 years later <laughs> one thing you can pull from this episode everybody it's that flan is slippery <laughs> tell me about really it really stuck in coach Havens's jaw <laughs> give me a quibby for it <laughs> quibby if you're listening here's a show opportunity for you slippery <laughs> foods with coach Havens. <laughs> Oh my god, I can make it. I can make it daily and they give you something to watch for your free trial. <laughs> um, the last bit of news I have here, folks, is uh, that the cast of Full House, or at least the ones that wanted to participate or are not in the current legal battle, uh, did a full-on remake of the opening titles of Full House entitled Full Quarantine, where they filmed themselves and they compiled it into a full-on new intro for the show. And it's quite funny. I've already retweeted it to the Review Review page, so look it up on our Twitter, at Review Review Pod. It's quite fun. But that's I will check that out. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty funny. It's got, like, John Stamos uh, washing his hands and Purelling. <laughs> it's great. But he gives a nice little wink and a nod to the camera, like, I'm in on this joke, so get in it. <laughs> Oh, I'm totally hey guys. <laughs> hey guys, I'm funny. I'm John Stamos. Hey, we're having fun here. <laughs> <laughs> we're having fun. There's a there's a pandemic. We're having fun. 
<laughs> um, all right. So yeah, that's the uh, that's all my news there, gents. So uh, hey. J- JT, you got anything going on over there? I uh, got some few got a few things, including I got an update on Tiger King. Oh baby! See, Havens, you watch the rest of that Tiger King, dude. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. I'm ready to watch it again. <laughs> well, you're not alone, because I guess uh, Nielsen put out the ratings for Tiger King, and in its first 10 days, it nabbed 34 million views. Holy oh, shit. my God. So everyone is you know all why? about that Tiger King. No, everyone's why? all about that bitch Carol Basket. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> Jesus. You seen all the memes out there? Good lord! Oh my god, I've seen that. Every bitch, meme. Carol Baskin is ratings gold. <laughs> and uh, I did learn. I I think you said it last week, Joel, that they're putting out one more episode of Tiger King. Like, a, oh yeah, I saw that too. They're <laughs> yeah, they're doing like an addendum, like one more episode. I heard that too. Does anybody know when that's coming out? Though, have you guys heard? No, I would assume. I heard it's like soon. Yeah, I heard it's like pretty soon. Yeah, I yeah, I would assume they'd want to do it while the iron's hot and do it pretty soon. But I was watching stuff makes on, total sense on uh, some YouTube compilation of like stuff that wasn't in the show, which I I can see why they took it out. It's just kind of like weird stuff. Like his uh, that Joe Exotic actually was married six times. <laughs> there was three more before the three you saw on the show. And oh then my oh my god. god. His first husband <laughs> that you see on the show, the guy with the meth mouth, he like has all of his teeth fixed and all that shit looks like way put together. And Oh yeah. And they decided and it was like he had that like during the filming of the show, they just didn't want to put that in. <laughs> and like that's kind of a dickish move. <laughs> god. Well, I I read something that uh they like told him, "Hey, every interview, just have your shirt off sitting down." <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it makes you look more like a Southern Oklahoma hick, I guess, or something. I don't know, but yeah, what other interview have you ever seen for the entire series, dude, sitting there with a shirt off? <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my questions when I was watching it. Like, why does he not have a shirt on? Why it doesn't? Why? For what purpose does this serve? And I guess it's just... Yeah. Yeah. Why did that lady have her arm back on? Jeez. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. I saw, like, a thing before we started that somebody in, like, a press conference on the coronavirus asked Donald Trump if he would pardon Joel Exotic. Oh, my God. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I mean, these are pertinent questions we need to know answers to right now in this crazy time, yeah. Joel. What are you talking about, yeah. Bucky? Oh, excuse me, uh, Mr. President, can you not talk about how many ventilators you have and talk about if Joe Exotic's going to breathe fresh air? (laughs) Do you know what the sad thing is? 34 million people want to know about (laughs) Joe Exotic. (laughs) That would be one thing. In all honesty, honesty, Mr. President, more people have watched Tiger King (laughs) than have died from coronavirus, so this is more important. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's terrible. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, shit. <laughs> Tiger King, great show. Check it out. <laughs> if you haven't already. Uh, Troy, uh, Troy Ankle, have you heard about this Netflix series Space Force that's coming on Netflix? Yes. 
I'm excited for it. Have not. Yeah, they have officially announced a launch date of May 29th. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's uh, supposed to star Steve Carell, and it also is made by the same people that made The Office. Ooh. Yeah. I heard about this, like, probably a year ago, and I've been wondering if it's ever going to come out. So I'm glad it fi- finally is. That sounds awesome. That'll be, like, halfway through my quarantine, so I'll have to check that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I think it's all my news. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a lot. Not a whole lot out there. <laughs> But uh, but I do I do have some bit. Oh God! <laughs> you gotta you gotta drum up another another uh, theme song, Troy. All right. Unless you want me to you just should we just sing it so you don't have to drum it up, Troy? Should can should I try to find it when we can do it live? <laughs> if you want, let's see if I can find it. Let me see if I can remember where I put it. <laughs> <laughs> Should we, should we interrupt Neil's taping of credits due and tell him to get his ass on here and sing it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, here, here it is. Let's see if it'll play. Here's uh, the Neil's bits theme. Oh my God! It's I have to install a thing. Oh, here we go. Oh, there we go. People dying, it's the pits. Please stay tuned to Neil's bits. Shut up. Shut up. It's not done. Is it done? All right. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> it's done now. <laughs> it's done. All right, JT. Uh, what um... was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm dying over here in my soundproof garage. For it's the Neil's Bits theme. We. So that's incredible. It's the best thing I've ever heard. So for when a, a a famous person dies and we find it necessary to talk about it on the show, when we first did this, Neil was on the show quite often and he created his own obituary song, Neil's Bits, Neil's Obits, you know. And then he oh actually he actually went and recorded it at his house and sent us an extremely long theme song. <laughs> Yeah, yeah and we make fun standing. of it every time I play. <laughs> I love it. Instead of doing like a little ten-second jingle, it's a full twenty-eight seconds, and it, it, oh we we play it in its entirety every time. <laughs> Outstanding! What a tribute. So, well, I got, so I got two away. bits. Two. Oh my god! Two bits. Does that mean you have to play it again? <laughs> no. No. Oh, I think damn. we have to play it again. <laughs> I think Cole said we have to play it again. Do have to play it again, Cole? Is that what you said? Oh, God. Let's play it again, Sam. People dying, it's the pits. Please stay tuned to Neil's <laughs> it makes 
me feel like I'm going on a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, dying at age 94. Whoa. Everybody. Holy smokes. Good long life. Honor Blackman. I don't know who she is. She played Pussy Galore in Goldfinger. Oh, okay. All right. It's a bad word. <laughs> what, Galore? <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, that's that's a shame. 94, though. My word. Yeah. Good long life. Quite the uh, quite the old pussy, if you will. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It, it wasn't uh, Corona related, was it? Or I mean, she's ninety four. <laughs> so well, that comment was because I'm one and a half deep over here. <laughs> I love you're one and a half beers deep. I thought you said you were drinking more nowadays. <laughs> um, I have been. This has been a lighter day for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, what drinking else? Drinking more is... light beer? <laughs> you know what? You know what? <laughs> uh, well, who, who yeah, black man, rest in peace. Rest in power. Who was the, uh, the other unfortunate soul? <laughs> uh, uh, dying at age 81... Uh, very famous musician Bill Withers passed away. Mm. I did uh, what song that. did he sing? Uh, he sang uh, "Lean on Me," "Ain't No Sunshine." Yeah. There we go. Yeah. A lovely, lovely day, lovely day, <laughs> lovely day. <laughs> A lovely day. Lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, lovely day. Lovely day, lovely day, lovely day. <laughs> How does he hold you guys that are great. for ten minutes? He, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I, there you go, Bill Withers and uh, Pussy Galore. I did see that Bill Withers pass, and I totally, totally spaced on it. But yeah, that's too bad. I brought that up to Chelsea, and she was pretty crushed. <laughs> She's like. Uh, that's one of my uh, favorite artists ever. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. You should have kept up on it. <laughs> wow. It's that, such a big death. I feel like we should play the Niels Bits theme again. <laughs> I mean, we probably should. Really. <laughs> People dying. It's the pits. Please stay tuned to Niels Bits. <laughs> a lovely day. 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 Oh my god. <laughs> oh, sweet deal. Um so with that now uh out of the way is there hey any... i got some i got a question for you guys i just thought of this yeah in the news section oh okay have you guys heard anything about amc possibly closing the theater chain yeah uh no i've I... heard about like theaters in general that are kind like just 
theaters in general are like finding it hard to go on, especially with all this shit going on. That's yeah. I read something today, and I don't know if it was BS or not, but it said something about AMC being in a huge deficit already going into this year, and now this being, of course, a huge setback for them again. Yeah, that their talk of possibly closing the whole chain. Dang, I would. I find Jesus. it kind of hard because they're like the biggest chain in the U.S. I think, and that's what I thought too. Uh, but I don't know if you guys have heard any more about that. I haven't heard anything from it that the whole chain would be closing down. Maybe underperforming, more underperforming theaters. But I, to, to me, it's hard to believe that they would shut it down completely because it, it would. It's going to ramp back up. I would assume once people can start going out, I mean, that's still going to be probably months away, really, but I, I, it's it's just hard for me to fathom that the, that huge franchise would close down. Sure. Yeah, and that makes sense to me, too. I just didn't know if you guys had any uh, more inside details that I didn't know about. But, like, box office's numbers have been dropping over the last few years, even with, like, the height of, like, every Disney movie making a billion dollars. Like, that's about it. Like, they make a billion dollars, and then everything else makes nothing, and a whole lot of people don't flock <laughs> yeah. to the theater, because almost every single wrap-up of the year, I usually have, like, theater numbers from the current year and the previous years, and it's always depreciating value. More people are just watching shit at home. And I think yeah. maybe after this whole quarantine thing is done, and they've been, like... Um, putting out movies that you can just buy and watch at home. I want to know if that's going to change going forward. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to change going forward now that people can, like, it's shown that they can work from home and they'd rather maybe just stay and do stuff at their house rather than go out and do stuff. To me, I think personally, now this is me getting on a soapbox. <laughs> I don't see why more businesses oh, don't do that because it's, I don't know if it, it, it seems to me it would be cheaper for them to have it, to remotely do it like that. People work from home or have it available from your home than to own all this real estate and then keep up on that as well. Like, I just never understand oh, yeah. why they all still want all this brick and mortar stuff when all they see is depreciating values every year. Granted, it's bringing in more money now, but with maybe something like this shaking it up. Maybe they're like, well, maybe we can close some down and still get, still find a balance with not paying all this revenue for physical brick and mortar places and we'll balance out with the home purchases. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I definitely I, I, think you're onto something there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I, especially with, uh, like it, it'd be a, a, a good thing for people to be more spread out. Like the reason why cities are so congested because that, that's where all the jobs are but if you can find a way to like uh branch out certain jobs you can do from home to like smaller communities it'd be a lot easier to mm -hmm. like like someone that like lives like in one of our small towns could work for like a place that runs out of like chicago yeah for sure <laughs> So you could get like you could get like the the kind of pay you get from a job that's there in like a smaller town where your mortgage and your rent is way cheaper. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, we live in a small town here and we have to commute. Well, at least me and Chelsea commuted to a larger city to work. And unfortunately my job is more labor intensive. So like I'm just laid off with 
only my PTO to subside me. But Chelsea's been working from home for <laughs> almost a month now, and she's still making her full yeah. salary and getting as much done as she can, like, without skipping a beat. So, like, Jesus. there's no reason why she can't work from home more often and have all that office space that's just real estate they have to pay for, and they can use that instead to, like, spread the wealth or use it for net gain or whatever. Like, I don't understand yeah. why. I've had this argument for years on why people can't work from home, but, like, obviously I'm not in the right position to get people's ears until this podcast about the wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so I'm glad I brought this up. <laughs> <laughs> there's been there's so many politicians that are tuning in because they love the wrestler. <laughs> like, if that's hey. the case, shut down Quibi. <laughs> <laughs> there's some real movers and shakers in like political world that are like, hey, we should really listen to that Troy to the Max Extreme guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And get that dinosaur Neil. But on I the do horn. think you're onto something there, Troy. Because a little quick side note, not to get too far in, I called Dish Network to try to cancel my subscription last night. Yeah. And the dude ended up telling me because we got into a conversation about WrestleMania 36, which is hilarious. <laughs> but <laughs> the dude ended up telling me that he was working from home. So along, oh, you oh. know, along your point, why are so many of these businesses not working from home? Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, it's man, imagine being a telemarketer at your house. Like you just have like wrestling playing in the background while you're just being like, Hey, let me tell you about this new offer. Yeah. <laughs> Granted. It it's does, my dream. It, it does take like a certain like will to want to work from your house. Cause we, ha I mean, we set up our, our guest bedroom as like a makeshift office. So it's like actually going to work rather than just, like, kicking back in your pajamas. Like, Chelsea still gets up and showers and dresses for work every day. But um, yeah. you have to, like, treat it like that, or else you're well, just going to end up drinking at fellow podcaster, <laughs> Fellow podcaster King Kong Eric, you know, the old ancient man himself, he works from home. That's true. The That's oldest true. man alive? <laughs> the oldest man alive, King Kong Eric. Oh, that's, <laughs> I love, I love this. I love it so much. Uh, <laughs> did, hey, Cole, did you bring, bring up any more news? Cause that, that sparked. No, that's all I had. Dog. It just, it just struck a, struck my chords the other day. And I wanted to bring that up with, uh, with some experts all right. and you guys are the experts in my world. Oh, well, that's Man, very hot. Take Haven's getting his cord struck. <laughs> that's right. Striking cords over here. That's C H O R D S. <laughs> <laughs> well that brings us into a little segment we call it's done do we have anything that's done you know it's done did you do you even have any trailers because i do not i, do, I don't I, I, I have one oh what even scraped by <laughs> as a trailer uh, it's like pretty much all the trailers that are coming out are like for shit on netflix but the only one that uh that stuck out to me is there's a movie that's going to be on Netflix on April 24th called Extraction Oh, with old uh, Chris Hemsworth oh, at I, the helm. I actually did watch this, to, to be perfectly yeah. fair. 
Oh, so you're a fucking liar. <laughs> Listen, I did watch it with the sound off. So does it technically <laughs> uh, count as me watching it? I don't know. It's still up I got there. you. Well, I, I figured you would be in on this because it's directed by the Russo brothers. Oh, all right. Yeah. It's got old Hemsworth in it, buffing it up. Yep. Being all buff. Uh, he's like saving like a Indian kid from some Middle Eastern country where they're blowing shit up and oh all that good stuff. Oh God! All right. So it, I mean, it looks decent. Like from what I could uh, see with the the sound off, it looks like a decent movie. But I didn't actually know the Russos were behind it, so it actually gives me a little more faith in the project. Yes, the the action from what I saw looked really good. Yeah, and like. Uh, they do like some cool shit in there where like like all the people that he calls about like getting out of this country are just like look we can only really kind of get you out it's going to be hard to do to do it with you when you have a kid so you might as well just kill the kid and it's like jesus christ oh my god <laughs> <laughs> dark as fuck yeah russo's don't fuck around <laughs> uh sweet yeah, so that actually, and that's, I was actually surprised to also see that it was going to Netflix, too. So I was like, oh, cool, because it looks really good. Like, it looks like a a decent uh, budgeted movie, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. I'm like, I don't it. know if it's one of those ones where it was like, they were planning on putting it out in a theater, and now that all this shit happened, they're just like, oh, fuck it, let's just give it to <laughs> Netflix or something. Yeah. I wonder how many of those there are and if they're just waiting to hold out compared to like if they would get a better payout through Netflix. I wonder how that's going to go. Yeah. Hmm. No. Hmm. This might be like Netflix's saving grace where people are just like, just take it. We'll, we'll <laughs> just just yeah. take this. Yeah. Do we, <laughs> do we sit on this for like a year to like reschedule it in the schedule or do we just like have Netflix pay ten million for it and just take it as a loss? Yeah, no <laughs> shit. Mm. That'd be fun to know. But that's my only one. Extraction. All right, all right. Extraction well, that swings us right into the tournament of random movies this week. A hot one. That's right. We had uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel versus planes, trains, and automobiles. And uh, this one, again, came very close to the 69 rule. <laughs> Cole, do you know about the 69 rule? I don't know about the 69 <laughs> rule. Do tell. <laughs> okay. So literally two weeks ago, we thought it would be funny if a one of our polls that we put out, a poll... Uh, 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 a movie would get a 69% to win, it automatically wins the tournament because we think it's funny, right? And then, oh man, of course, that week it almost happened. And so, <laughs> I, I haven't yet, I didn't yet vote for that one, so I voted to change the percentage because I didn't want that one to win the entire tournament because I do not like that movie. And then this last week, it happened again where the movie was at a 69% with just like a few days left for voting. And then I didn't vote on it at oh, all because I was like, nope, I'm, I want this one to win the whole tournament to screw that other fucking movie out of it. But then it didn't 
it didn't go anywhere. Somebody must have retweeted it and got a few more votes. Yeah, and we, we have a we have a Canadian listener by the name of Sam who is taking great offense to Troy rigging the system and is now <laughs> trying desperately to make House of Wax win. I oh, am... what a terrible the uh, Paris Hilton one. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah, that movie sucks balls. <laughs> I. I Wasn't that the one where the, the sound mic came down into the picture at one point? <laughs> yes! The boom mic dropped during the movie. <laughs> and they never edited it out. <laughs> what a fucking production that oh was. Oh my god, that's a terrible movie. Um, <laughs> so, also, to my defense, I am not rigging the system. I'm playing it as a comp, like a game, Okay. This is a game we're playing now. <laughs> Sam, you did this to yourself. <laughs> I had the oh, power yeah. to cast or to not cast my vote, and I played it like a fucking pro, okay? So suck on it. Yeah. <laughs> there, it's, it's an ongoing... There's, a, there's this epic rivalry now between our listener Sam and Troy because uh, he very much... <laughs> campaign for the happening to win our last tournament making me and troy watch it and it's fucking awful <laughs> so now he is now he was he is championing house of wax for this tournament and it's just ugh, it's awful dude you are starting an international incident right now you don't even know it <laughs> the thing is sam, sam is hilarious he actually made a a uh, winning video when the ha happening won. <laughs> Do you remember that video, JT? Where when the happening actually yes. won, he made a video of him championing the movie and him just mowing down on hot dogs. <laughs> saying, it did it. Oh it won. Uh, it was actually really good. <laughs> uh, I might watch that later. It was a good, <laughs> it was a good video. <laughs> Uh, well, anyways, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel beat Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and is moving on in the tournament with, uh, hear this, hear this, Cole, this is all that's in the tournament so far. We have Brewster's Millions, Twilight, Saw, Whiplash, Tropic Thunder, and House of Wax. Ooh, this is a fun one. And now Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> and Grand, Grand Budapest Hotel. And I've we got have two, I've one got two more. front runners. We have one more first round match that will be the poll for this week that I will bring up right now. I'll let both of you guys kind of guess what it is. We have a film from 2011, which uh, I'll, I'll just I'll just give it out right now. Troy, you've just talked about it not that long ago. Okay, that doesn't mean a whole and lot. And a film from <laughs> and a film from 2005, which is a remake of an older film. Okay. I have no guesses mm. yet. <laughs> Unless one is... No, the I got movie from, The is... movie from 2011. I'll give you guys the tagline. The tagline is... <laughs> now comes the part of the show First... where you search for the tagline. <laughs> That's right. That's how we do it here. <laughs> The first, the tagline for the first one in 2011, first contact, last stand. Oh, God. 
Uh, is that an Aliens versus Predators? You're close, Cole. In 2011. Uh, is that just Predators? No. So the funny thing is, when I first talked about the movies that are going to be in this tournament, I said the name of this and even told you you'd probably forget it the minute <laughs> I brought it up. Oh, is it Cowboys and Aliens? It's Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot oh about that movie. God. I just <laughs> did it on another podcast. I watched it for credits, too. Oh, my God. All right. Cowboys and Aliens. Fuck. That's so funny that you knew Cowboys that I would forget it. <laughs> Cowboys and Aliens is now in the tournament, and it will go head-to-head with a movie from 2005. And I said it's a remake of an older film. Uh, I'll give you another clue. It involves football. (laughs) The Longest Yard. It is The Longest Yard. (laughs) Good input, Cole. Longest Yard. So there you go. Cowboys and Aliens versus The Longest Yard. It is our last match in the first round of our Termorana movies. So all movies are out there now. Awesome. What what were your front runners there, Cole? You were saying that before we got into the this week's. Should I say them? Will I influence any voters? Yeah, it doesn't matter. You probably will. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Well, I mean... I talked about Twilight already because I would love to join in on that one. Okay. And <laughs> Saw is like one of my favorite movies. Just the first one. This is the first Saw. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Well, that's the one in the tournament. The first one. 2004 Saw. Okay. Oh, that is such a good one. Oh, my God. So Twilight Yeah, those would be there too. I, the Longest Yard's good too. I like The Longest Yard when I watched that, but I haven't seen it since it was in theaters like 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't remember disliking The Longest Yard. But I don't know if I would pick it to... Really? Yeah, I don't know if I would pick it to win the entire thing. I don't even know. I don't even know. I would pick it over Cowboys and Aliens, if that's just me. (laughs) And I probably will if I go on Twitter and do that here in a little bit. (laughs) There you go. Well, it won't come out till tomorrow because I do it the next day. So Well, that works. Yeah. (laughs) I, I don't really have any ideas what could really take the whole thing. Because it's usually not a great movie <laughs> that takes the whole thing. So I, I'm i not sure. Yeah. Not sure. If I, if I had a personal preference, I'd probably go for Whiplash. Because I fucking love Whiplash. Yeah, I've actually never... I've never seen Whiplash. I've only seen the end. And I, I guess I, d- I saw the ending out of context. And I was like, yeah, it looks all right. <laughs> so <laughs> a drumming and we movie. know we know we know old ass eric wants brewster's millions oh yeah he's got a fucking <laughs> fucking uh torch for brewster's millions for whatever reason of course he does what an ancient bitch <laughs> <laughs> oh shit uh oh sweet <laughs> sweet deal so make sure you go to review review pod on twitter to cast your vote uh to see what will go on to be in the tournament 
So that leads us yes. in to the main event of the evening, more apt than ever, I should say that, uh, with The Wrestler. Uh, this movie came out December 17th, 2008. Been doing a lot of December movies lately. You realize that? Well, we, uh... We're getting that feeling for Christmas. We want that. <laughs> yeah, sure. We just want to give <laughs> give gifts to everybody. Uh, We're in the holiday spirit. <laughs> we it had a budget of six million dollars. Domestically, brought in twenty six point two million dollars, and worldwide, forty four point seven million dollars. So it did pretty pretty good for itself. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has this at ninety eight percent. Uh, I, yeah, IMDb 7.9 out of 10, Metacritic 81%, and Gone with the Twins, another review site that I uh, usually dip back into every once in a while, uh, gives it a 7 out of 10. Ooh. Yeah. So pretty high marks for the wrestler here. High marks. Uh, so, uh, Cole, could I extend the olive branch to you? And could you give me a synopsis of what the wrestler is all about? Oh my God, I'd love to. So we are looking at a wrestler who reached his peak of his popularity, his fame in the 80s. And now we're in current day, which 2008, and he is still out there wrestling, has not given up the dream, is probably about 15 years past his prime and is doing what uh, in pro wrestling is called like the indie circuit, so not on TV, not on the main product, and is hitting local gyms, hitting American Legion halls, working his way around in his area of the Northeast, and is living off his fame of the 80s. And it touches on those subjects of going to those shows, but it also reaches into his personal life more than anything of how has his inability to let go of his past affected his personal life in his uh, relationship with his daughter, in his personal relationships, in everything? And it is fantastic. <laughs> Just rewatch it today. How's that for a synopsis? Very oh, good. I was going to ask you if, you if you got back to if you were able to watch it today or not. Oh, my God. My wife and I watched it today. My wife, who just brought me a drink, by the way. Oh. And uh, it, um, I can't oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hi, guys. Oh, look at oh, that. Oh, shit. Sultry voice <laughs> over there. Oh, sultry. <laughs> and it was fantastic. Totally kept me glued to my seat. I mean, also the five dogs laying on top of me, but kept me glued to my seat <laughs> for. <laughs> For the entire duration of the movie. So good. So good. Yeah. So you guys both own this movie, right? Because you both do pro wrestling and were gifted a, this movie in like 2009 when it came out on DVD. <laughs> oh, yeah. Once you, once you get past wrestling training, they, your trainer gives it to you as a diploma. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of bummed out it wasn't streaming because I don't own this movie. So I had to rent it on Amazon Prime. But I was just like... I bet these guys just own it because they were probably gifted it like a hundred times. <laughs> I think I bought it on Blu-ray, actually. I think I owned it on DVD. 
And then I bought it on Blu-ray like a couple years ago because I was like, why don't I own this on Blu-ray? It's The Wrestler. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But yeah, that was a very, very good synopsis there, Cole. Very good. Oh, thank you. Thank it's, you. Thank it's, you. Up, it's up there with the best of them, you know? At the, at, in the oh, operation. my God. The, you uh, guys have me back for more because of that synopsis? <laughs> well, you can go and retire on top right you definitely now. Said our, <laughs> you definitely said the synopsis better than I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, every time I pass off Joel, you're like, oh, fuck this again. Jesus. All right. <laughs> Especially the ones where like the movie's all over the fucking place, and I'm like, ah, fuck. Whoa. I don't know. God does something. <laughs> oh shit! But yeah, this, uh, I, I, this is one of Dare not Darren Aronofsky's, I think, best movies that he's ever done. Like anything that he's done yeah. after this, I, I don't even know if I like. I, you know what I think about Mother? So what other Mother? <laughs> what other movies has he done? Well, he the I think the most recent one he did was Mother, with Jennifer Lawrence and Javier oh. Bardem. Um, he did. Okay, didn't see it. He did. Uh, oh my god! Requiem. I would love to get your take on Mother sometime, Cole. My god! <laughs> I, I he did. All right, challenge accepted. <laughs> he did Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> Uh, he did that. Oh, movie. that's a great movie. Yeah, he did Pie. That was like a a self financed one. Um, yeah. Ah, shoot. There's he did a... the Fountain. Holy shit, the Fountain is fucked. Uh, he, oh, he did Black Swan. Oh yeah. Uh, Black Swan's pretty good, but I think I, I like think Black I think Swan might one. be my favorite of his. I really like Black Swan. I like Black Swan too, but I think this I like. I might like this one more, but I haven't seen Black Swan in a while, so I don't know. But it'd be... I don't know. I like Pi, Requiem, this movie, and Black Swan, but I... Black Swan and this one, I think, are my top two. I fucking don't care for yeah. her at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, your, your shit-talking mother has made me not like it as much as time has gone on. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad if I could give you one thing, it's to hate Mother more. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check that one out. Yeah. Oh, I, I am. I want. I'm so curious on what you would think of Mother Cole. <laughs> <laughs> well, whenever this thing's over, we'll have you up and we'll watch Mother together. Oh <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh my God! I will stay home. <laughs> I'll provide beer. <laughs> I might still just stay home. <laughs> I'll give you $10 to come watch Mother All with us. All right, I'm in. <laughs> you got me with the money. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Katie's out. My wife is out. She won't She won't do it. <laughs> Good. Me and Katie will hang out, and we'll, you guys can do whatever you want. <laughs> She's currently pointing, giving a thumbs up at the phone. She's in. Perfect. Uh, we'll take his $10 and we'll paint the town red, baby. <laughs> uh, you creep. But anyway, back to the wrestler. Um, I actually have uh, not a whole lot of questions for you guys, but when this movie came out, being that you guys are in like the indie scene did it 
was it like a legit feeling of seeing like these back rooms or like how like granted you aren't hitting his same shoes but like would does this seem like a legit take on this character Buck you want to take that one first oh sure like I don't know I've, I've never really met too many people that were really big in the 80s in my kind of goings on in wrestling so uh, I don't know like I think the what the hardships he goes through I'm not really super exposed to because like anyone that's comes close to that kind of lifestyle has it on when I when I was around them around that time but uh, I don't know I, I can kind of see where where they might be coming from with like how he like what he goes through like a funny story is like uh not long after i saw this i did do like a show at like a like a school and there was one point where i'm i'm like taking my boots off in the back and it like i'm doing it in a room that looks like the room that he first starts out the movie in and i'm like oh shit i'm in the wrestler <laughs> it's like, it looks like a, like a kindergarten classroom i'm like taking my gear off with my bag there and then someone walks in and hands me my pay and i'm like oh fuck i'm in the wrestler <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> then you hopped in your van and couldn't get back in your house <laughs> yeah yeah my parents locked me out <laughs> So for me, I mean, starting out, so if, it, if this movie came out in December, Bucky and I were in the business for about six months at that point. Yeah. We'd only done a couple of shows. Yeah, um, I thought we started in 2008. Like, like, I think our first match was like in October of 2008, wasn't it? It was, yeah. We started uh, Memorial Day of 08 training, and then our first match was October of 08. Um, yeah. So we'd done like a couple of shows by the time this actually hit theaters. Uh but yeah, I, I don't. The way when I was, I was actually talking to my wife about this as we were watching the movie. I see the locker rooms they were showing and the like, the trials and tribulations that Randy the Ram or Robin the Ram were going through. <laughs> um, I see that more like in a 2008 or before era. Okay. Because of, of the stories that I think we've heard. But locker rooms from then on, at least the ones that were around, were like a bunch of nerds. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, there is nothing going on in these locker rooms that you see that's going on in these movies or in this movie. <laughs> like, it's so night and day. It's crazy. So maybe yeah. these are locker rooms of the past, or maybe these are like the hit and miss locker rooms, and they just glorified them for you know Hollywood's sake. Mm -hmm. But I see more of this being a thing of the past, the locker rooms they show. But with that being said, not to get too soapboxy and too long going, with that being said, the lifestyle of Randy the Ram, I think is very reminiscent of what a lot of those bigger stars from the 80s probably dealt with. Um, as far as having the relationships that weren't so great with their their children or having the personal relationships that weren't so great um, because they're on the road so much and they don't know how to have those relationships. So that I think is dead on, not from a personal aspect. Cause I don't know that, but 
hearing stories of enough wrestlers from the past, which is probably what Aronofsky went off of, definitely think he hit the nail on the head. Okay. Well, I know, like, when I first started, I don't, like, it wasn't too far off from when I first started, like, what some of these locker rooms kind of look like. But like, I, I tweeted, like, uh, <coughs> earlier this week that uh, I feel like this movie's kind of dated in that sense where it's, like, the locker rooms I kind of go into now, I don't know, it just feels more welcoming. Like, especially, like, in this movie, they show a lot more... Um, it's more mostly just like the the boys, like the wrestlers, are all together. But like nowadays, it seems like so much more of like a community. Like, like the photographers, the staff, like all the people that help set up chairs, set up the ring. Like they're almost in the back, kind of being part of the locker room, just as much as the wrestlers are. Nowadays, it seems yeah. like to me. I think nowadays it's more of whoever is into putting on the show the entire show is accepted into the locker room like if you have any part in it at all you know you may not be in certain areas of the locker room or certain groups in the locker room but pretty much you're invited into the locker room as a whole there's no outcasting yeah yeah okay. and like at, at that, i don't know it kind of seems like kind of like a recent thing to me like I, I was like aware of some of the photographers and stuff when i first started but nowadays it's like Man, they're such a big part of everything, and they come to the back, and it's like everyone knows their name, and they're all—they're in on all the inside jokes, and they're just as much a part of the community as we are. And it's—I don't know—it feels more welcoming, and it almost makes me more comfortable. Where it's like everyone that wants to be a part of the show is part of like this family. Absolutely, and I'm again—I'm getting totally long-winded here, but I think that's part of how things have changed as far as. In, let's go back to the movie. In Randy the Ram's time, it was all about live events and television. Like, when he was big in the 80s, that's what it was. You went to the arena, you watched it on TV, and that was all you knew. But nowadays, it's almost as important as social media. And who gets the social media presence out there but the photographers and the videographers and the people that put their pictures online. So those are the people that you have to depend on, and they are as important as the people sitting in the chairs in the arena to getting the product over and getting the wrestlers popular. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah, okay, I'll get off my soapbox now. No, I mean, this is. I think this is, like, way interesting because I don't know if, like, a ton of people know, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, they probably do. It's kind of all open now. But to have the privilege to be able to talk to you two about the inner workings of like indie shows and all this is like way interesting. And granted, I like, I've been in the back room a few times too. And like, I, so there in the, one of the shows that he did where he was the main event with the uh, guy with the Mohawk, like early on, like I thought that, yeah. Oh yeah. With, uh, was it Tommy, Tommy something? Yeah. I thought that back room environment was, I don't think it was like off putting at all. I thought everybody was like a well knit little group there. And I thought everybody like chatting with like, Oh, you're going to do that in your match. Okay. We'll do something else in our match and blah, 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 blah. I thought that was pretty, pretty kind of on par with like when I would come to shows with you guys and be in the back room and like all you guys talking and planning out matches and stuff. I'm like, this seems pretty legit to me. So I thought it was like, not so much with, uh, maybe just like the Rams personal stuff when like him being like kind of 
past his prime, but like all the current core guys, I felt like it was like a, a back room that I've been in more than a few times. So I was like, Oh, I thought he Aronofsky had a good eye for this. Definitely. Yeah, I no, think he did yeah. his homework. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely, I get like that feel from like a lot of the locker rooms and stuff, but like, I think if you take it from like a perspective of now, like there's so many more people that are back there that are like working behind the scenes with, with wrestlers. And it's like, I don't know. It feels like even more of a community. Like I think in this, you see it as just like the wrestlers are, are the ones that are hanging out and being buddy, buddy. But like nowadays it's like, you see so many people back there that like, it's almost like kind of like a, an exclusive club. And it, it, I don't know. I, I'm having more fun being a wrestler now than I did back when it felt like the locker rooms that they portray in this. Mm -hmm. Right on, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so, uh, there's a few characters I want to talk about. Uh, not only Randy the Ram, but also, um, hot aunt may, <laughs> which I forgot, <laughs> uh, shows a lot of herself in this movie. Like I forgot Marissa Tomei, oh, yeah. not that she was like, I forgot that she, um, I didn't forget she was a stripper, but I forgot that she is, there's as many nude scenes in this movie than there were. Cause I was watching it with like kids in the room and I'm like, Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. Uh, my two kids walked in the room when they were doing the uh, party like a fireman scene. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen my daughter so more embarrassed than she was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Marissa Tomei, for being, I think, in her 40s when this was made, uh, yeah. got herself in pretty darn good shape. She's holy a, shit yeah she's a smoke show now like so that i was i found it weird oh, when those yeah. guys early on in the movie were just like what did you graduate in 85 or whatever i'm like dude she's hot as fuck <laughs> what, yeah. is, what are you yeah. complaining about yeah it's it's, like in, that, in that case he definitely miscast her with those lines being said because <laughs> i totally agree with you on that one <laughs> I, I don't know like you you like see like fucking neck beards online where it's like oh i'd probably fuck her if she was like if she like didn't have that nose it's like you'd fuck her regardless you fucking piece of shit <laughs> that's true i love that you call them neck beards <laughs> oh dude it's so like <laughs> i just love going on twitter and just seeing like fucking just the grossest lazy-eyed fucks being like oh, i'd probably fuck her if she was like if she was like if she had like fucking like blonde or something like oh my you would god you're totally bust right. a nut if she looked in your direction <laughs> you gross piece of shit <laughs> oh my god uh what did uh what did you think of his relationship with his daughter because i um i thought it was pretty well handled at some points though i thought it was maybe a little um a little more melodramatic, like especially when he forgets to go out to dinner, but like it, it works for the movie. I just, I thought it was a little over, I guess a little overdone, but what, what do you guys think? I think it, I think it was probably a little, uh, 
a little over the top. But if you, I mean, going to another movie, Beyond the Mat, in that movie you see a real-life Jake Roberts and the relationship he has with his daughter. And he's pretty similar to a life of Randy the Ram. And he has relationship issues with his daughter um, in that documentary. And I think, I think he's pretty spot on. But if you could have had a much longer period of time showing that relationship, maybe it wouldn't have seemed so over the top so soon. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. what it was. Because you only see his daughter, what, twice, maybe three times? Because, like, I kind of forget that he has one <laughs> after a little bit because he's got so many issues with like just trying to make money so he can get in his trailer and then him and Marissa Tomei and then like going out on uh, uh, jobs and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's another wrinkle to this, too. He also has a, a strange daughter and blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, I kind of kept forgetting that he had a daughter for a while there. Yeah, I... um. Yeah, I, uh, I I thought it was okay what what does with a daughter like like you guys said I think it would you'd be more invested if you had more of an idea of their history before this but I did kind of get into it just based on the fact that like this is fresh off of his heart attack where he's told he can't wrestle anymore so I can see where she's coming from is like okay this is this is him with no choice maybe he will like be able to form a relationship with me and we can now go on and actually become close and then finding out that, Oh no, he hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah. Like having a heart right. attack doesn't, I totally, change, doesn't change you. Yep. I totally agree with that because you can see almost where like wrestling is his baby. Wrestling is his partner. Wrestling is everything to him. And then once yeah. he doesn't have it anymore, he has no choice, but not to have it. Then he's got to find, Oh yeah, I do have a daughter out there somewhere. So it's almost yeah. like we don't know about his daughter before that because he didn't really give a shit about his daughter before that. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I uh, I did – it did really ring really hard for me to hear, like, someone's daughter say, like, just don't be in my life anymore. I was like, oh, my God. I, I think the last time I saw this, I didn't have any kids, and I didn't really care, but that would really hurt <laughs> if somebody said that to me now. Dude, the same thing. It hit me so hard. Because <laughs> if my oh my god, if we grow up and my and my daughter, oh my god, I would lose it. <laughs> I know, right? Like I, it, yeah, and, I, I don't know. I, I really dug this because it's like once he gets that news that he can't wrestle anymore, you can see him like frantically scraping for something to fill that hole. And I think that's what I like the most about this viewing of it is that the minute he gets that news, he goes to anyone that he's had any kind of remote relationship with and just, he's like latching on for dear life. And then once he finds that it's not possible, he tries to go back into the life he had before, but that's not possible either. Yeah. Even the kid that's like, hey, you want to play Nintendo? <laughs> like anything. Yeah. So Yeah, anybody that'll listen. For sure. And I even like, if it, he was playing Nintendo. He had to play a game that with he with like that he was in. <laughs> so like they yeah. couldn't do anything that he really wanted to do. But like that's like his downfall though. So like he was like this big huge superstar in I don't know, a, who would you equate Randy the Ram to in like real life wrestlers? Would it be like a Jake So I heard So I heard when the movie came out that he was based on Lex Luger. 
<laughs> okay. But I can kind of see it, yeah. I can see it, but at the same time, I can almost only see it in really the looks. I don't know if I see that really in like an 80s superstar and now he's hanging on to it because really Luger didn't do that. Um, I would almost equate it more to a Jake Roberts. Like he sticks out more to me than Alex Luger does. Yeah. So like, uh, so um, in the eighties, like Jake the Snake did well for himself, but he just had a an issue with like drugs and shit that like totally made his life spiral out of control, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if he were to like. If let's say he was at that level, old uh, Randy the Ram, right? Um, and he like it didn't like get out of control. He wasn't so self-centered on himself. He could have like pretty much just rested on his name and would be financially stable. Like how how well paid were wrestlers in the late eighties? Oh, fantastic! I mean, if you were in the WWF in the eighties, or even in the, even in the WCW into the early nineties, you were making great money. And if yeah. you figured out how to maintain that money or invest that money in some way or maintain that popularity and stick with that company for a long time, you're set for life. I mean, there's plenty of guys that were big stars in the 80s and 90s that held lifelong jobs with the companies. Yeah. But if they fall down that the demons of the drugs and alcohol, then their life takes a different route. Right. Or it's even just like, pro athletes in general if you look into any kind of pro athlete like they all kind of have an expiration date and if you don't really fit some sort of uh mold to stay useful after your athletic part of the business is done then you're pretty much like you see like nfl and nba stars that that get so crazy with their money that by the time their career's over they have nothing to really show for it and then they're kind of fucked yeah, and I think that's kind of what they show with how you're supposed to kind of see Randy the Ram in this is like where he was just kind of a guy who was really good at what he does, but he just never really knew how to save his money or invest it to where once he outgrew his usefulness, he was kind of cut loose, and now he has to kind of like fall back on the laurels of what he used to have to try and. Or that fall back on, the, on that nostalgia to try and drum up more money for himself at this point in his life. Yeah, and now he's just reaching for all these the the sign the autograph signings and the conventions yeah. and the main events in these small legion halls that are probably bringing him a thousand dollars a pop. Yeah, when he used oh, to be that making sign, the autograph sign they do in this movie looks so fucking sad. I don't know if they would actually look like that. I literally I was, was kind just of... going to bring that up. <laughs> that that was like one of the saddest <laughs> scenes in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they look that bad. Like you do see guys that have that have beaten themselves to the point where some of them look like that, but they they made that scene look like they all are like that. And, and that's not the case. <laughs> some guys are wheelchair ridden. Another guy's got a colostomy bag on his leg. Canes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Then you got, that was, <laughs> that was a little over the top. He got yeah. friggin' Randy over here and he's like in amazing shape. <laughs> I mean, he had a heart attack, but he's like, 
he, I mean, he took his shirt off earlier in the movie, and I'm like, God damn, like, he, what, he's supposed to be, like, 60 in this or whatever? And, like, I'm 33, and I look like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here with a fucking bum toe and a fucking shit pancreas, <laughs> and he's got a heart attack and looks like a million bucks. <laughs> oh, he never got the knife on his foot, though. <laughs> Uh fuck. I don't even know. Joel, do you, did you know that? That I dropped a knife on my foot yesterday? Oh, yeah. Sea uh, Danger drove by the other day and told us that you dropped a knife on your foot. Oh, God damn it. What a fucking and shit it, week. I'm telling you, coronavirus is doing more accidents than anything. Like, <laughs> hey, Cole, did I tell you that my dad almost cut his finger off? Actually, sitting on my old front porch today, your mom walked by and told me about that. <laughs> so people listening to this podcast don't know the small town level that we live in yet. They should know by now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, my dad was my dad was cutting cake boards for a cousin of mine, and uh, he used a table saw, did not have the guard on it, and then almost cut his finger off. God. Jesus. God. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I bet he said, "Oh, well, that fucking hurts." <laughs> <laughs> no, he said it didn't. He said it didn't hurt at first. Like he, he pulled, he pulled his hand back and was like, "That looks weird," and then realized that it was just his finger hanging by like a little bit of skin. Oh, that God. was still on his hand. So he had let it go. They went to a uh, the emergency room to uh, a town that's close to us. And they said that they couldn't help him. They didn't have a hand surgeon, so have to go. They had to go even further to another hospital, and he had to have surgery that night. <laughs> oh my god! That is terrible. Yeah, my yeah. But <laughs> the funny thing is, they told him that like if they would have just cut it off, he would have had half the re- rehabilitation time. So he was like, "Fuck! I should just should have told him to cut it off." <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, mine's not that bad, but like I have this like heavy chef's knife, like that it's like my favorite knife at home, and I keep it super sharp all the time and I was like cutting up stuff for lunch and I had two screaming kids in the kitchen and they were just screaming their freaking heads off and I'm like, "What do you want?" and I put the knife on the counter, but I didn't have it fully on the counter and the handle flipped it off the counter and it came down blade first on my knuckle on my big toe and i it the gash was the deep enough that i could just see white in the incision right oh and and then it didn't really bleed a lot and it didn't really hurt and but i could i could still walk on it but i like closed it up right away and put a band-aid over it and i was like well i don't know if i should go to the hospital because cole you even came to my house to pick something up and i'm like well i did this to my foot and because Chelsea was <laughs> Chelsea was still working when she got off work, I'm like, so this happened, and she's like, oh my god, let's go to the hospital. <laughs> so, oh so I didn't, and with that, like, I can't move my, I can't like arch my big toe up, like I can't flex it like I can on my other foot. So I thought I like oh. just cut a tendon in my foot, and the doctor said. That's probably not the case. I probably cut a nerve to my foot, and it's not like 
whatever. It's it's not it's not working like a toe should. And it because if I said if he said I cut a tendon when I try to bend it, it wouldn't hurt because there's no pain in like tendons or whatever. But there is pain when I try to move it down. So I probably cut a nerve. And he's like, well, so if you have nerve damage, there's nothing really we can do about it. And even if you did cut a tendon, because of COVID-19 being a thing, that's an elective surgery and we wouldn't do it now anyway. So <laughs> you're kind of just <laughs> stuck with a foot that only can work <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like, cool. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Have a nice day. <laughs> here's, yeah. a, here's a tetanus booster. That'll be... Uh, I can't wait to get the bill for like three grand to get a tetanus shot. You know what I mean? Oh, oh my shit. god. I'm so I'm so used to having dog shit insurance. I would have just super glued it and been like, ah, it'll probably hurt for a while. Well, I almost did that because I told the doctor I was like, well, I thought about just super gluing it shut, and then just like, well, it I can walk fine, so I might not come in. And he's like, well, okay, <laughs> but I'm glad you did. And I'm like, god damn it. So anyway, that was my life yesterday. But I'm, God, I'm, I'm I have like so many things. I have like so many like cuts and stuff on my legs from doing wrestling and shit. Where I'm like, I've like told people about it. Where it's like that sounded like you needed stitches, and I'm like, yeah, I probably did. <laughs> well, speaking of cuts, well, I got and a piece stuff. of I got a piece of wood stuck in my head once. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Uh, that was fun. Speaking of that, what about that death match that him and Necro Butcher had in this movie? Oh fuck! Oh so here, man, here's a funny story. Uh, there was a weekend where, when I was working for IWA Mid South, where I was in charge of driving Necro Butcher around, and I like asked him like small questions about here and there about the movie. And the only thing I really remember from it is that he said that he had like a long sit down with Nicolas Cage, because he was supposed to be Randy the Ram in this movie. What? And he was like, what? he's a weird dude. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Nick Cage was supposed to be Randy the Ram in this? Yeah, he was, they, they had him, like, set to be in the movie so long that, like, he, they had him, they had, like, Necro Butcher meet him, and they were, like, talking about the scene they were going to do for this. And then he just dropped out for some reason, and then he got replaced with Mickey Rourke. Huh. Well, good for Mickey Rourke, because this is like revitalized his career for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but I cannot see Nick Cage in this movie at all. <laughs> this would be a completely You know what? Movie. I totally could. No, shut the fuck up. <laughs> for what reason? <laughs> I, dude, if he can pull off the Wicker Man, like, come on. <laughs> Did he pull off the Wicker Man? He hasn't pulled I mean, off no, shit in like 40 years. Oh my god. I cannot He's, see we him. We should watch that sometime. Jesus Christ. Watch him punch a woman in a bear suit. <laughs> I, For some reason, to the day that my mom passed, that was like a movie she remembered was The Wicker Man. <laughs> oh my god. She loved she, that movie too. She loved that movie and I have no idea why. I bought it for her on DVD. She never watched it, but I bought it for her like years ago. I, yeah, cause I remember I was there when he gave it to her and she was super excited because she loved it. <laughs> that is so, I think, so fucked up. I think you, me, and her I think you, me, and her went to the theater to watch it. 
think you were with us. Yeah, and we came. I came out laughing, and like, like your mom was like, "That was really good." (laughs) (laughs) I only bring up my mom because I know she's got a certain bit of fame on this podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. What bitch? Oh, the famous slut bitch awards. We haven't done those the in The famous slut bitch. It <laughs> <laughs> goes way back. But anyways, yes, that death match was such a cool part of the movie because I think it just showed a lot of like, oh my god, this happens in wrestling? Like, what? <laughs> I like. Yeah. I just like Necro in the back room. He's like, you ever done a staple gun? And he's like, what? <laughs> Your staple gun, you know, staple gun. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and dude, like you watch, like you watch how he like talks that match out. That's pretty much how, like when I knew him, that's pretty much how he would talk a match out. Like being very cordial and like, like yes sir, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like he was, like, he was a nice dude. Like I don't, I don't know what he, I think. I heard he's kind of dropped out of wrestling now. But like when I when I knew him, he was a really nice guy. But yeah, I don't. It was like a, I had kind of a problem with that part because I don't think that was a major thing in wrestling where it's like, oh, I'm an old timer. I better start doing death matches. That's and like no against my will because it's like a lot of the death match people that I've met fucking love that shit to a point where I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I also had yeah, and I wanted to bring that, that up too. too. Oh, go ahead, Troy. No, I I was just the exact same thing you said. Like, so go ahead. I watching this. I was I was thinking the same thing of why is Randy the Ram doing death matches? Like, in reality, these old timers can get by on just coming and doing their shtick from 1986, and they make the same payday. That's not a real thing. So that was a little again over the top for me. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason I thought that maybe yeah, like a lot of, he would do it is like if he got offered a higher payday because he was still locked out of his house or whatever. But like, true, and I'm sure, he, yeah, and I'm sure he would have. But I don't know. Like, I, I even brought it up when I when I tweeted earlier that like if like this movie was like made today, like Randy the Ram would just have a match where like he did a dick spot with Joey Ryan and probably get the same payday. Yeah, and it would <laughs> exactly, go, and it would go viral. <laughs> Yeah, like it, I don't know. It, like it's just maybe that might have been a thing back here, but I don't know. I've never really seen that where like a a guy that was really big back in that day, like leveraged his popularity from that to do a death match. I think he could have leveraged his popularity to just be in a regular match and still get the same payday. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I'm glad we all came up with the same question. Like, why on earth would he do that? <laughs> He's like yeah. approaching 60. That doesn't seem like a great, great thing to do. But I mean, the damage of it. Yeah, I mean, you get to see like what these like deathmatch people like come back to. I would assume that's pretty close yeah. to true. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't a big fan of how they show it in such a negative light, too. Because I do have friends that are that love deathmatch wrestling and like from when i when i talk to them like they're just fucking insane <laughs> and like but they love this shit like they never i've never seen them come to the back from a match like that and be like oh fuck 
oh, this sucks. And then, like, sit in a chair and, like, have people take things out where they're fucking miserable. Like, they'll have, like, yeah, they're getting t- staples and glass taken out of them the whole time. It's like, oh, fuck, that, that, was, that was awesome, right? <laughs> like, the whole time. <laughs> like, they're so fucking insane. But I, but I love them for that. God, I can I cannot get in that mindset of like wanting to do that. Like I I, I don't yeah. know. No, I, I I don't know why you'd want to cut your body up so bad. It, it just seems like you're just shaving years off your life. <laughs> Granted, I know that like any pro athlete is shaving years off his life, taking hits and shit like that. But like you gotta think like all that deathmatch stuff is just expediting that, <laughs> like, indefinitely. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it is, but in the same sense, like, these people fucking love it. Like, our, me and Cole's mutual friend, Marcus, like, he just got out of, like, having brain surgery because he had a piece of glass stuck in his head for I don't know how long. Yeah. God. And, and, and uh, as soon as he's healed I mean, and ready to go, I'm sure he'll be right back in it. Yeah, he's told me, he's like, he, he told me, he was like, well, I'm, like, he just started getting big right when this happened. It's like, I feel like I've worked so hard just to have something come up where I'm, like, people are telling me I should quit, and I'm like, fuck that. I'm like, I'm popular now. I want to get back in and, like, get off and, like, uh, feed off of that, off of what I built from this time on. And he's even told by his doctors that, like, once they, uh, once they regrow his skull, like he's more than ready to to wrestle again. It's just right now, it's just a matter of like having that protection over that part of his skull. God, <laughs> I like I I knew that was the guy you were talking about before before we mentioned it, but I'm just like, my God, <laughs> that just seems so <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> but that goes, and it, this is getting to the end of the movie. I won't jump too far ahead, but. That is what you some of these guys live for. Like the pop of the yeah. crowd is everything in the world that you could ever imagine feels so good. Yeah. And like that is more than anything to some people. Like yeah. I I was talking to my wife again watching this movie and I and I said there's one guy I can think of that comes to my mind, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying this. It's it's our mutual friend Stumpy that wrestles. Oh, he comes yeah. to mind as a guy that if he knew one more bump would kill him, he would probably take it. Like, he would probably <laughs> risk that. And it sounds so stupid to some people to hear that. But when you live for that crowd erupting, there's nothing else sometimes. Yeah. I, I mean, I get that feeling, too. Like, a, a crowd behind you feels awesome. Like, that was a reason, like, well, I, I did uh, theater in high school... Like, I knew that I was decent at it and that I could have the crowd in the palm of my hand if I wanted to. And I love that feeling. Like, I had a bunch of nerves coming up, you know, right before it. But then as soon as I was out there, I was confident and I could have, I could just have them feeding out of my hand and I loved it. And I, and I hate giving that shit up. Yep. And that's the Randy the Ram story right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. It's just, yeah, you, you get like a, you get like some kind of rush from it. That, yeah, I, I love that shit. Just, especially even like down to like creating something in the back that you did within the like, fifteen or twenty minutes, and then 
having all of that come together in a ring with people that are on like your every whim and then reacting to it like it's just like the combination of your creation plus yourself is getting a reaction out of people that it's yeah it's pretty intoxicating <laughs> yeah I, I that's why I don't understand why people don't like professional wrestling more like I, mm-hmm. I I don't know I find it like such an um an amazing art form and also like also a fun subculture of people that live in this that like just are enamored with it you know what I mean they they it's like everything that you guys love about it but I it's it's also like an amazing art form that like people know that everything is predetermined right it's like a it's a huge thing now but it's a suspension of disbelief and you telling them a story through your actions that they don't care it's like an it's an art form that i don't know why people don't understand it more and i love it yeah my go-to is always and i and i use this on everybody and i'll be such a smart ass when i talk to him is oh yeah you hate wrestling but you go to the movies right (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah so do you sit there and yell at the at the at the actors in the theater that can't even hear you on the screen about how stupid they are because you know they're not real <laughs> and then i always get some smart ass response like, well it's not yeah. the same well fuck you it's exactly the same yeah well that was even put into this movie too like his boss at the grocery store is that guy that i totally yeah that's what i liked that he added that little nudge in there too he's like oh so you're gonna go sit on people's faces this weekend or whatever it's like okay yep. fucker. yeah meanwhile the fucker's like watching porn in his office <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh yeah stupid. you're way cooler than me yeah yeah you are stupid neck beard is just jacking <laughs> off in his office <laughs> uh but yeah i i Actually, uh, the I uh, who plays his boss? Is it Todd Barry? I think yeah. It is. I actually I I liked his character <clears throat> because he's like a smaller, shrimpy guy compared to um, Randy the Ram, but he knows that. Oh, he's probably a guy. He's probably a guy that's done jack shit with his life, and he's like talking down to someone that probably had like he got like who would have had like thousands of people in an in a arena. To watch him wrestle somebody, and yet here's this guy that's done jack shit with his life, being like, "Oh, what are you gonna do this this weekend?" Like, when I used to do this, I made a shit, I made like twenty times more money than you ever will, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but because he, yeah, he's his low life boss and can boss him around because that's what he gives his paychecks to. He can just treat him like a piece of shit, and so he gets like this weird power yeah. trip over it. I was like. He's a shitty guy, but it's a good character in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, watching it back, I really like how all of it kind of plays out. Like, you get... you When, uh... Like, Randy gets his heart attack, and then he's kind of clinging to people that he can kind of form a relationship with. And then when he goes back mm-hmm. to Marissa Tomei, like, I think the movie is just as much a good uh, showing of what it's like to be a stripper as much as it is to be a wrestler where like she's very hesitant about getting close to him because like I feel like a stripper like everyone is a mark in some way you're just like oh this guy just wants to get with me because I'm a stripper 
Yep. Definitely. And then it's like kind of like that distance that she creates with him that kind of forces him to go back to try and go back into his life. Like I do like that kind of connection of stripper to wrestler where they're so similar in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. And they're both kinds of, uh, you know, physical entertainment where you're using, using your, you know, your body to, to, to make your money basically. Yeah. And even yeah. like a a bit yeah. of like kayfabe is in there too, where like they're still trying to stay like quote in character to like the oh yeah you're being a character yeah you're not you're like not how, a like real kind person. of like how uh, like how uh, uh, Randy the Ram like always wants people to call him Randy like she always has like a name that she needs to be called yeah when she comes to the shop to help him uh, shop for his daughter's clothes he says yeah. uh, Pam or do I call you Cassandra or yeah. So she's still yeah. in character. It's Pam and the Ram. Yeah. <laughs> Pam and the Ram. Pam and the Ram. <laughs> Pam and the Ram. <laughs> God, I wish they would have made it. <laughs> Pam and the Ram. <laughs> I I actually forgot, like, jumping to the end, I, I always remember that she, like, came to go see him, but I forgot that, like, they don't... Well, I, I know, like, the bittersweet ending to the movie, but, like... That like right before yeah. he hits the curtain, that they never really get together because I thought they I always remembered that they did and they don't because he's like yeah. the crowd is what's gonna get me sorry like that's what I've always wanted. Well, like that, that's what I that's why I like kind of the small bit of foreshadowing throughout where like you can see how Marissa like Marissa Tomei she turns it off once she's out of the strip club because when she's out of it then she has people call her by her regular name, but throughout the movie like. He always is like, call me Randy all the time. So it's like he never leaves that persona of himself. He's always Randy the Ram. So I like kind of like that foreshadowing at the end where like she's like, I want to spend my life with you. And he's like, well, I can't because I'm not that person. I'm Randy the Ram. Yeah. 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 And I, so going to the end of the movie, I, I thought it was so good. And I never saw this on the first time through watching it back 12 years ago, but seeing it now, how once he, he, he kind of got rid of everything in his life except the crowd right before the very end, yeah. because he, he, the relationship with his daughter went to absolute shit. He chopped his thumb off and got let go from his job or quit his job. What the cheese lady? You want your fucking to get your own fucking cheese, lady? <laughs> and then um, my favorite line of the movie. And then at the very end, he lets go of the one personal relationship that he had and walks out to the crowd. And that's ultimately, you know, have it however you want. That's ultimately his demise. Yep. Yeah. Man, bittersweet. I, that, that's why I I I find this movie to be like my favorite Aronofsky movie. Cause it, it is of all of his movies. It's not, it doesn't have like this weird supernatural overtone to it. It's definitely just a human story and it really, it can capture anybody. You know what I mean? It's like, I can see why people don't like a black swan or maybe a requiem for a dream. Uh, well, I don't know. Requiem's not supernatural, but like pie or the fountain uh, and mother, like all these supernatural things I can see like people like, yeah, I don't know. Like, but this is a really human story and it's like the, 
the um the ego of one person is so needs to be fed so much that it ends up just going he he gets overfilled with it and ends up being overdone by it. You know what I mean? And I think it's really uh, a really engrossing story, regardless if you like wrestling or yeah. not. Yeah, you can yeah. get past the wrestling no. part. Yeah, I don't know. I, I in a way it is ego, but I think in the same sense it's almost almost kind of like he just doesn't know anything else. Because like they even show uh, like the guy that he made all that money with the Ayatollah. Played by Ernest Cat Miller. Yeah. <laughs> and like he owns like a used car shop in like Phoenix. And it's like he's it's funny because it's like he's just as big of a star, but it's just like he had uh he had like a backup plan when he got out of it. And I just love I love that part where like he goes to talk to him when he gets to the show and like you have Randy the Ram who has nothing else to live for, and then you have this one guy trying to fucking sell cars to Nigel McGuinness. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, yeah, I, I love like they fan. show like they show like that that dichotomy of these two people where it's like you have one guy you fall throughout this whole movie that's like literally his life is completely falling apart and you have you have another guy that was almost kind of in the same boat as he is but like he actually made something of himself even though it's probably like a slimy way of making making like a life for yourself but it's still a life where like he seems way more put together so like they still set it up where it's like you're not a complete lost cause if you do this. It's just that he went down a path where he had nothing. He couldn't see himself doing anything else but this. Right. They show they show kind of the dichotomy of you know, and you have that in today's wrestling too of even just the current guys that wrestle, where you have guys that take it full bore and try to make a career out of it. Whereas you have guys that are like, well, you know what? I'm just going to kind of do it on the side and do that for fun. So you have it in kind of two different lights, but totally Ernest the Cat Miller. My God, I did not expect him to be in this movie at all back in 08. And I kind of <laughs> forgot that he was in it on my second viewing 12 years later. And it hit me just as good. <laughs> I was, I, I loved how they, that Aronofsky used the independent wrestlers of the time. Yeah, I I oh, yeah. like that too. Yeah, he yeah, didn't try to like get extras in there or something. Too. Yeah, What's that? yeah, yeah, like fucking R Truth in there at one point too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, R Truth. Uh, Cesaro was in there like putting his knee pads on in one scene. Oh um, yeah, I was. Robbie E was in there. Who's in the in the WWE now? Like there are so many like just guys. You're like, oh, I know that guy. Oh, I know that guy. Oh, cool. And even straight down to like when he went to Ring of Honor. And uh, when Marissa Tomei goes in to get her ticket, and there's the old guy, uh, Sid, that used to help run Ring of Honor, sitting oh, at yeah. the ticket. Like, and I was like, oh, man, when we used to go to ROH shows in, like, 06 and 07, yeah, he Sid was, was there, right and there, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> I know, when she goes in and gets her ticket, it felt like when we would get tickets to go to ROH shows, where it's like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. That guy's always there when you get tickets. <laughs> yeah. oh, I wish you would have died to be in Mid-South and would have seen Patty, because Patty and me were, like, tight. <laughs> oh, yeah. I... I, I I found it weird though that she was able to go backstage when she ran into the building. It's like I need to go backstage. That was weird too. And they just let her. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> How did she get that privilege? <laughs> that was a yeah, little off. That, yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Even if you were like considered like 
a quote unquote groupie or like like it's it's an outdated term, but it was considered rat. Yeah. If you were that, I don't. You you still wouldn't have been like, oh yeah, go right, go right to the backstage. Yeah, of course. <laughs> she got right to the entranceway. She could have walked out to the yeah. crowd. <laughs> yeah. I've seen people get the fuck beat out of them for less. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and she just ran right up to the entranceway and was like, oh, how the fuck do you... God, security for ROH shows are fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I, I, I don't know if there's anything else you got to say about the movie, but I, I feel like we should give our final grades here there's one more thing one more thing oh go ahead bruce springsteen with that song oh my god oh my god that that's a good song it is a good song such a good one hits me every time yeah there was actually so uh there was a show that you guys did in town here and we went to the bars later and because there was a wrestling show in town uh, one of the guys playing at the bar were was singing that song. Uh, the guy, the singer Andy Huey. Um, yeah. But anyway, he sang that song for all the wrestlers that came in to the bar that night, <laughs> and I think I might like his version better than Bruce Springsteen's. Like, <laughs> oh shit! Like he, I, he's got a voice of an angel. <laughs> and he sang I that. I beg to remember that. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think his version was really good. Like I, I don't know, but like, yeah, that song is amazing. Like I wanted to play it right after I heard it, like again, because it, it was good. like just good. the one after the movie. I wanted to be like, oh, let's let's play that again. But I know Chelsea be like, this is a sad song. <laughs> I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to hear this again. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that... I have like I I have only like one little downside with the movie, and it's like I think this got pointed out especially when I saw Mother. But Darren Aronofsky is not that good when it comes to being subtle with his foreshadowing and like his symbolism. There's some times in here where it hits like a huh, get it? Like when he's fucking <laughs> driving back from a show and they just start blasting, don't know what you got till it's gone. And I'm like, I get it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i get it and then they have like a there's that one scene when like uh he's getting a lap dance from uh marissa tomei and then she starts connecting the whole like uh randy the ram is jesus type thing and it's like and she keeps like ha- hammering it where it's like oh my gosh you're suffering for for our entertainment and blah 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 and you're like man there could be such a more subtle way to do this. Like, there's another part in the movie where, like, they flash across uh, Randy's back and you see, like, a small portrait of Jesus there. And it's like, that would have been way better than having Marissa Tomei do this whole, like, explanation of, like, oh, my God, you're like Jesus. You're 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 the sacrificial ram, huh? Get it? Sacrificial ram? It's like, oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And he even gets, like, a laceration in his ribs at one point from that barbed wire. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the yep. like the like a Jesus yeah. spear wound. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I I like Darren Aronofsky's filmmaking, but I feel like sometimes he tries so hard to make his symbolism stick out that it's like it's like a film 
film symbolism for kindergartners sometimes, and it's like, I get it. Like, you yeah. don't have to be so fucking upfront. Be more subtle to where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this this is kind of like... Like, I, I like make me feel like I'm seeing it instead of, like, you being like, this is what I see. I'm going to make you see what I see. <laughs> Man, I I won't now not see that when I rewatch this. I, I missed it this time because I, I wasn't really... I- watching super close when I was rewatching it this time because I've seen it I don't even know probably five times but um yeah but now now any Aronofsky movie I'm just gonna be like watching for it super intensely <laughs> that's gonna suck I do like the, I do like the barbed wire in the ribs though I never I didn't I didn't put that together this time around but the barbed wire in the ribs yeah that that does make sense that's actually kind of cool but it's like he does cool shit like that, but he tries so hard to make you see it before you see it for yourself that it's like, I wish he had more faith in his audience to, like, see that. At least he didn't get, like, strapped up, like, on a table, like, in a crucifix. You know what I mean? Or some point in that. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have put it past him either if he would have done it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Or I'm surprised that when he went up for the Ram Jam, he just didn't have his arms straight out, so he was just like a cross. <laughs> he almost did. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so any any other last words before we get to our grades for the evening? Nothing from me. No, right. I'm good. Well, I, I'll go first. Like, I thoroughly in, enjoy this movie quite a bit it's one of my favorites if you haven't heard it yet already i don't know how you haven't heard it we've already said this movie's pretty good like a hundred times but um <laughs> i i would probably give this movie a solid a like it's it's a, a good one so like i was pretty excited when this won the poll um and it's like one of the movies that i know is good and love and i actually have a lot to say about it rather than just like yeah this is good this is good. End of story. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I, uh, so good on Aronofsky for that. But, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I'd give it a solid A. Yeah. Um, I'll go next. I, I too will give it an A. I liked it in Oh nine. Probably the first time I saw it. I liked it now watching it and being a wrestler. There's so much that I feel like, uh, like Bucky and myself both could critique about this and I the critiques are very minimal like it's 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 everything I like everything about this movie I like and I feel like it shines a light on a lot of things and it shines them accurately for the most part and it's just a good movie you don't have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy this movie and I like it a for me perfect JT what do you yeah, got yeah I'm I'm on the same boat as you guys. I'll give it an A too. Like I, uh, minus my my few uh, critiques, I I enjoyed it a lot. And yeah, like like this came out around the time when me and uh, Coach Havens broke in to wrestling, and it it almost kind of gave back like some flashbacks of what what it was like then and like now. I feel like it's like wrestling's taking a turn that is more accepting and almost kind of better but <laughs> in the same sense i know i just i just really like it and it about like how it almost it also points out like how kind of 
hard this shit is too. Like it's so easy for people to look at this and be like, "Oh well, it's just an act." And I was like, "Oh no!" It, at the end of the day, it still sucks. Like, man, they do a good job of like with like the sound in this of like his labored breathing, mm-hmm. where I'm like, "God, he just sounds like he's fucked up." <laughs> <laughs> oh. like, even like after like that initial that initial scene when like he he's coming back from that show and he's just. It's supposed to be just like a normal show that he's driving back from, and he still has that labored, like, breathing and coughing. And, like, I've had some shows where I've been beat up enough where, like, I kind of sound that way, <laughs> like, driving back from a show, or, like, God, I got fucked up tonight. <laughs> there was actually one thing that I wanted to bring up that I forgot earlier. Um, when he is first, he's doing his first shift on the deli, and he's walking all the way back through the 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 grocery store and they oh, have so good. they have the yeah. crowd like gradually pumped in like Randy Randy or Ram Jam or Ram Jam and then he walks through the curtain and then it just stops and then you just hear like the sound of the grocery store I'm like oh that that was really fucking oh, good yeah. that was good and that's so true to life because there's so many times where like I'll just imagine even like before I got into wrestling, I just imagined me doing my entrance, just walking down like a hallway, <laughs> <laughs> like Goldberg. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'd have my mom knock on my door for me and say I'm on, and then I'd follow her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet deal. Yeah. So this movie ended up being a triple A title. For uh, yeah. the, the gang here, all of us A's. Perfect. Everyone check out The Wrestler if you haven't already. So, uh, is there anything else you've been into besides reminiscing about wrestling uh, this week? <laughs> How about you, Coach Havens? What have you been doing over there? Oh, man. It's just, dude, it's WrestleMania season. It's been nothing but wrestling for me. Um, <laughs> actually getting some uh, outdoor projects going on as well. So, um, yeah, beyond that, just trying to stay busy. I can hear that. Uh, I have also, like, if I was suggest to do anything, it's go outside. Don't be interacting with a bunch of people. Just go outside. That would be my recommendation for everybody this week. I haven't been much into anything else, but uh, I have been doing outdoor projects, and it just feel good to just go outside. I did. I did give the kids to my uh, to my mom today, their grandma, so I could just have an uninterrupted like four hours where I could just get stuff done. Oh my god, it was miraculous. <laughs> It was you bathing in the sea of cats in your raised beds. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I saw that you uh, commented on that charm type post that I put up there. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, for my birthday or Christmas last year, I got these copper little garden signs where you can just like either write or stamp in uh, what it is. So uh, like basil or garlic or whatever. And I had one left over, and I just put one in that said, fuck off, cats. <laughs> because literally, there's cats, neighborhood cats, sleeping in my fucking garden beds. And I just wish I had a gun. <laughs> I just wish I could just shoot them. <laughs> but I can't. So this is what it is. It's just passive-aggressive signs that they can't read, but I get a kick out of it. 
I about peed my pants when I saw the fuck off cat sign. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, that's cute. Tomatoes, cucumbers, asparagus, fuck off cats. What is that? (laughs) Yeah, that's all my... This is my life has just been me like stretching, looking outside at all the projects I get to get, I get to do, and then just cats wandering in my yard, trying to like eat out of my garbage or pissing on my cars, and it's just fucking unbearable. These neighborhood cats, you know, just fucking the worst. So anyway, JT, what have you been up to? <laughs> Uh, well, me and Molly saw the movie Onward. They just put it on Disney Plus, so we watched oh, that last night. Oh, such a good night. movie! Yeah, I, it's good. Yeah, I also have watched that a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we watched it the other night, and yeah, I I heard like mixed reviews about it when it first came out, but I I really liked it, and Molly really liked it because she's really into uh like uh like the mythical quest type uh, stories and uh, she even pointed out like they do like a good job of doing scenarios from those kinds of novels in this movie like I guess she even brought up there's like a point in the movie where they have to uh, where they send the van off and like I guess there's like a point in in like any kind of like uh, mythological type storytelling where the path, the, the the journey is so perilous that they have to send the horse off, and it, that's supposed to be kind of like that version of it. Hmm. But like cool. they have that, and it, and like uh, I don't know, like it's just it's it's really well done. And Molly even said like this is the one time that like a pair of legs have made her cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really appreciated it that it wasn't it it was different. It was like uh. Like, I would almost relate it to Frozen, like, or Frozen 2, that it's more of, like, a sibling story rather than, a, like, a princess story or, or whatever else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I found yeah. that really yeah. refreshing, and I and I thought it was really, really well done at the end. I, I really liked that ending. I thought it was good. Cause oh, I also, that ending is, oh, I, I was tearing up at that ending. I... I also heard mixed reviews of it too. So I was kind of apprehensive, even like, yeah, do I even want to watch this? And then I saw it and I'm like, Oh my God. Like I was, I was misting up there at the end. I'm like, that's heartwarming as shit. And then, uh, Chelsea was upset that I actually watched it before because Macy really wanted to see it. So then I walked in on her watching the end with Macy again and, she was just wet works <laughs> like the, the whole time. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's really sad at the Ooh, end, dude. but so still bittersweet, you know, dude, Molly was fucking ruined by it. Like the minute he <laughs> tapped on his shoe, she started crying. I'm like, Oh my God, you're going to be a fucking mess <laughs> by the end of this movie. <laughs> well, good deal. So if uh, people want to talk with a uh, pair of legs with you, JT, where can they do that? Hey, always find me at Bucky Froven on Twitter, also Bucky Froven on Instagram, and Bucky Froven on Snapchat. See Havens, where can they find you? Ah, uh, you know what? I'm at Coach Havens on Twitter. I have an Instagram. I don't use it. I just creep on people. I also have a Facebook, and uh, you know what? I'm out there. You can find me. Come see me at a show. Pay a ticket. 
Yes, pay a yeah, ticket. That's the Havens. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at Troy to the Max on Twitter. You can find both me and JT at Review Review Pod on Twitter. While you're there, vote for the tournament of random movies this week. What do we got, JT? Hey, Troy. It is Cowboys and Aliens versus ah, fuck, what was it? Uh, Longest Yard. <laughs> the remake of the longest yard and cowboys and aliens. So vote, yeah, for, vote for that. Why? Who is Jesus? Rat- who is rattling bottles over there? <laughs> that, that was me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll say I'm drinking cans, so not me. Uh, all of our shows. I'm are nine at Corona deep. Are you nine? Serious? I'm totally kidding. Two, two, and some iced tea. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Uh, you can find all of our shows upload onto review review pod at podbean.com as well as a slew of other podcasting hosting sites such as Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And while there, vote or uh, you can rate and review us because if you like the show, that helps other people find the show. And if you want to write in, you can do so at review review pod at gmail.com. Um, tell us uh, how you're doing while you're while you're quarantined at home let us know we'll read on the show how you're coping uh but that's gonna be it so monday we have uh a discussion on the grandest show of wrestling uh the showcase of the immortals we're talking wrestle yes mania baby yeah so big that no one could be there <laughs> <laughs> two nights no one in attendance too big for just <laughs> two one. nights yes so uh that'll be and then monday we won't split the show into two <laughs> it'll be all be in one <laughs> yeah it'll all be in one show uh so join us but then monday this for coming that. thursday troy but then this coming thursday troy we're gonna finally do what we've been talking about doing for a long time, since it's finally out on VOD. Maybe we'll even try and get Reed Skeet, see if she can download this Discord too, because we're going to be talking about cats. Oh, I can't wait for that. Is it the butthole cut? <laughs> I, uh, I wish it was the butthole cut. <laughs> good. I will hit her up hey, to Col- see... <laughs> To see uh, if, yeah. uh, she's if, good. if we can't get Reed Skeets, you want to come back for cats, Coach Havens? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, let me know. Let me know by Tuesday. <laughs> you bet. Because <laughs> if you need a third party, I'll be your third party. Well, I, I know Ramundo Chaw would be very upset if we did cats without her. So I'm pretty sure she'll make room in her schedule to try to get it done. So <laughs> join us for that on Thursday. So uh, until you hear from us again, we're going to have the same crew come Monday talking WrestleMania. Uh, I have been Troy to the Max Extreme. And nobody else seems to be there. So I'm just going to finish out the show by myself. I've been Troy to the Max Extreme. Thank you for... Uh, Coming with us, uh, Coach Havens, and as always, JT3K. Uh, we. Whoa. Oh, God. There you are. I just finished out the show. 
<laughs> Would you? Okay, good. Okay. Uh, well, I'm gonna do it right now. We're we're off. <laughs> okay, I'm back and we're off. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. I know. I, I got. I lost you somehow. It's okay. We'll get over it. <laughs> oh, I gotta pee so bad. I'm gonna piss my pants at that ending. <laughs> <laughs> Could you hear all that, Cole? I, I was there for the whole thing. I heard Joel go off, and then you're like, "Well, I guess I'm the only one here." And you ended it, so I was like, "I'm just gonna be quiet." And then Joel kicks back in. <laughs> well, I'm still recording. <laughs> I'm still recording, so I'm leaving all of this in. <laughs> <laughs> Do I hear me pee? Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, that's the. Uh... That's such a treat for the crowd. All right. Now we're actually gone. We'll talk to you Monday. We'll see you later. Bye.